Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. So, you know, we always want to make sure that as we progress through each quarter and new information comes out because there is nothing as constant as change. It's like waves in the ocean. It just keeps coming. It keeps happening. It's important to understand investing for retirement and always doing a checkup for the neck up to see where you're at when you look at your statements and be able to dig deep and really be able to understand what are your investment goals for 2023, mm. right? So I brought me my partner, David Harder. What's, What's up, up, Dave? How I'm, you doing, man? I'm great, Rob. How you doing? Dude, we're just like going through it right now. We're, yeah. I, they still haven't announced we're in a recession. Not we know cool. we're in a recession. We know that food went up and gas went up and interest rates went up and the stock market went down and real estate went down and... Bitcoin went from 70,000 to 16,000. Not sure where it is today. Yeah. You kryptonites, it's like crickets. I haven't heard you. <laughs> I don't know where the kryptonites are. I have no, where are you? Where did you go? At least come back out and say, listen, guys, I was wrong about my time. But if you have a 10 year horizon, it may work out. But with that being said, let's talk a little bit about setting financial goals the way you do it. And yep. When you talk to your clients and you have a great partnership with young, great rapper, producer, talk a little bit about determining your retirement goals and devising a plan in order to achieve them optimally. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that, Rob. I appreciate it, you know, and one of the things that I think is so important that defines our process versus other processes is that the first two conversations never never involve products, right? Because product is always a byproduct, right? It's about definition of priorities, right? Everybody's Ooh. priorities are different. Mm. You don't sit down at the dinner table and talk about financial priorities. It's just not something that is constantly discussed, but it's in the back of your head. You mean like, like when you were growing up or like now with you and your family? Well, because I know when I was growing up, we ran out of money on the 20th of every month. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, for these folks right here, like, are you saying that what typically people don't do, but you actually do it yeah. and you're encouraging them to do it? I'm encouraging them to do it because once you define what the goal and or the priority is, well, now you can solve it and you identify it in solvable terms, right? Okay. So as, as an example, mm. if minimizing, ta if I say to you, minimizing taxes is a major financial priority for me, what does that mean to you? Say it again. If minimizing taxes is my main- 401k. Okay, it says 401k to you. Yeah, IRA. It could mean that IRA. my- <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, still, a jail, it's a financial it's jail. It's a financial so money jail. Goes in jail and then it goes on probation. No, no question. The IRS has a lien on every dollar. Boom. And by the way, they Boom. can change the rules. Boom. Right? You wouldn't sign up Boom. for that partnership. But don't hate. Don't get mad right now. <laughs> don't hate the arrogance. I'm trying to give you some info. Go ahead. 100%. It could mean my grandmother died without a will and lost hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever it is to estate taxes, yes. right? So, you know, there's a story behind financial priorities, yes. right? Yes. Building emotional rapport through understanding priorities is got to be step number one. Bingo. And when once you've done that, you earn trust. Mm. They know that you're thinking about them yep. and not yourself in your pocket. Yep. And that's when we find financial solutions with you know, brilliant products identification. Dude, that was awesome because I think I think one of the things that we discovered over the last four years, because you know, every every single advisor or agent or fidu is kind of brought up in the same kind of system. Yeah. 
And it's about knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And when you're talking to people, if they think you're too smart or your suit looks too nice or your car is too nice, they might think you actually don't care. Right. 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 And because of the partnerships that we've been able to be fortunate to be a part of, yeah. it's really given us an abundance amount of opportunities to talk to folks over and over again. And the thing that stands out the most, which you just hit on, is once somebody knows that we actually care. Yeah that we all came from a middle-class mindset when it comes to money. For me, a scarce mindset. You know, we, like I said earlier, we ran out of money on the 20th of every month, right? Yeah. So money mindset is so important because I don't think you can make real money consistently unless, at my let, your financial temperature is in order hmm. because you may have that short-term success but think that you don't deserve it and you will sabotage along the way. It's the same thing when people lose weight, they find a way to get it back. That's why you got to get a health coach like John O'Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That brother changed the whole game. <laughs> he does. But, you know, one of the things for you financial advisors that are out there right now, and I know, don't get mad, but one of the things you want to do is not only establish the relationship but gather the information, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, you want to be able to, as you gather the data, build the rapport that you're talking about. What is rapport? Well, it's not talking and asking questions, but not like, hey, how much money you got? But more like, hey, where are you from? Right? 100%. Right? What was it like growing up there? Yeah. You know, where are you where are you now? How did you get there? Where are you going? Right. Why are you going right. there? What are your successes? Really, that's great. What are your challenges? And those five questions, aka Sean Callagy Unblinded, what's up, brother? My brother from a different mother, my partner, the man that gave me permission to do what I'm doing right now. I love you with all my heart. 100%. Those five questions of rapport is what changed the game. And for me, it's like all these different advisors, I wish they knew it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. they don't know it yet. And you know, we're, we're going to continue to build that out. But I think when we talk about typical financial planning and setting goals, it's about establishing a relationship, gathering the information, yep. right? Processing it, right? Recommending it, implementing it. And then at the end of the day, monitoring it, yes. right? That's that's yes. that's the you know thirty thousand foot version of it. Yeah. But when it comes down to setting financial goals, I think at the end of the day, your point is once they know you care, what is your next step? Well, once they know I care, then the next step after that is stress test, right? It's not say okay, well here's your solution. Yeah. It's let's stress test are the decisions that you're making right financially. I can't change what you did yesterday. Yes. But we can impact what you decide to do tomorrow. Yes. So we want to simulate the decisions that they're going to make, yep. right? And are they going to get them to accomplish their financial priorities with the least amount of risk? Mm. That's the whole thing. You got to take risk off the table. You say it all the time. Mm. Rate of return chases us. Yes. We don't chase the rate of return. Yeah. yeah. So if you knew that what you were going to decide to do was not going to achieve the optimal outcome, you wouldn't do it. Yes. So what we do is we show them if what they are doing is going to achieve the optimal outcome. You know, Dave, and, and we always hear about like keeping up with the Joneses yeah. and, and folks that get caught up in like what Mary and Joe are doing. How do you talk to clients about, and, and by the way, when the markets are going up, it's hard for them not to just go buy Bitcoin. A hundred percent. Or Absolutely. not to just go buy this piece of real estate. But how do you talk to clients in that situation when, you know, they're, they're just going to do an investment there. You could see them talking themselves into something that, you know, yeah. is like is, is, is about to crash. Yeah. How do you have that conversation where they're not? Because remember, psychologically, pain, pleasure principle. If you convince somebody against their will, they're of the same opinion. Still. still absolutely. So if you're going to go in there, <laughs> it's a bad investment. You tell them it's a bad investment. Commitment and consistency says, OK, 
but they want to identify to the world who they are yeah. and they're going to go do it anyway. So yeah. how do you play with that where they're not doing it just because you said so? It's such an amazing that's an question. Impor- that's important. Super important. And by Take the way, that and rewind it back. Twice, because it goes back, to, to rewinding it back, it goes back to that first conversation. One of the things that we always do is we always have our clients create a risk profile. Yes. Right? And define the type of investor that they are. Yep. Because- Left to our own device, when I, I'm not going to bunch us into the category, but left to their devices, yep. they are going to abandon their investment principles when yep. they see the shiny object. Not all the time, but it's easy to do because emotions push financial decision making, right? So if they see, if the kryptonites come back and start yelling at our clients, we're going to have to scream about it. But um, when you, when we, go through that initial conversation, we've defined what type of investor that they are and they yeah. look to try to abandon it. What we simply do is just revert back and say, well, when we first started working together, this was not who you were as yeah. an investor. So what changed, Yeah. right? Yeah. What's, what's different now? And by the way, those five questions, how will you feel when this doesn't work? Yeah. Right? So in other words, what you'll say is you'll forward it five, 10 years in advance and say, listen, what are the chances that this investment, this alternative doesn't work? Right. Have you measured it against your other investments, but measured it where the markets are going down versus up? Because a lot of times when the markets are going down, that's when people listen more. 100%. Right? And also and also in using our software, right? And the financial planning tools that we use, we can simulate the good stuff, right? Yeah. We can simulate that growth, but we can also simulate not so good, yeah. right? And, yeah. and that changes the mindset a little bit and brings people, I don't want to say back to reality, but just, you know, comes the, yeah. the you know. And, and I think a lot of folks got to be careful of the iceberg where, you know, above the water, yeah. <laughs> you, you see yeah. certain things, but below that lurks yeah. the fees, lost opportunity costs, lawsuits and currents and everything else. So right. we know that, you know, hey, if you're younger, save money now. Great. But for the person that's in the 30s, 40s and 50s, it's a different play. And it comes down to investing wisely, researching, you know, different investment options and developing a diversified portfolio. Now, yes. we're not giving investment advice right Absolutely now. Absolutely not. So be very clear. Yep. But what does that actually mean, diversified portfolio? Diversified portfolio really, really means spread amongst asset classes, right? That's true. That's uh, that's asset allocation 101, right? But why don't we look at investment opportunities where you have a controllable rate of return mm. or an opportunity to have more control in the outcome, mm. right? Like one of the things that we always say to our clients is, if you had the choice of in, of moving money into something where you had no control, yep. or you had the choice of moving money into something where you can control to a degree the outcome of the positive ROI, which one would you choose? Yeah. Every time people are gonna say, well, I wanna double down on what is controllable. So we look to help to show them um, assets either that they have or that they don't have where they could have a semblance of control on the outcome. Yeah, so right? I think I think what Dave's talking about is if you overfund the life insurance policy as the baseline of your overall philosophy, but then leverage that money for other investments, whether you finance your own debt, finance another business, or you know, maybe buy rental real estate, yep. you have a much more you have a better ability to control the ROI, meaning it's long-term, you're running money through the insurance first, so there is that guarantee, but now it's earning a double rate of return in a whole other investment class. Yep. And now when we talk about diversifying you know, portfolios or, or Ray Dalio, yep. he talks about 18 different investment, you know, 18 different classes, yep. right, asset classes. Yep. So if you have those 18, the truth is at some point, you'll be able to do fine no matter what happens economically because he said it best. And this is important, and I think if everybody understands this, they'll know the difference between good and great. 
in any single asset class, history has proven at some point they have gone down either 50 to 75%. Yeah. If you are invested, I'm talking about the market now, strictly in the S&P or strictly in some kind of fund where you're not diversified, mm. the last year has been very harmful to your overall, I would say wealth, not only the rate of return, but now all of a sudden if, if you began to act irrationally because yep. the market went down and tried to rebalance, you could be running east looking for a sunset. So that's why it's important to understand all these different things. And then we want to talk about taking advantage of tax benefits, you know, utilizing certain strategies yep. to be able to, to maximize. If if we're talking about stock options or if we're talking about people that have portfolios, you'll hear about harvesting strategies or sure. option strategies. That's high-level planning. Get with your fiduciary to ask those high-level questions. But make sure, I think it's important, that your fiduciary is on the same page with your accountant. Yep trust officer, yep. insurance agent, and a state attorney, because if that's happening, those five, that you force them to be accountable towards your goals and objectives and your outcome, they may not like it, they may have different opinions, but it's it, you're gonna force them to work together for your benefit. Absolutely. Any thoughts on, on tax advantages with any other investments? I know commercial real estate or real estate or other strategies. Sure, yeah, there's commercial, but you 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 said it best, Rob. I mean, last year, if you were allocated to the market, just long long on, st on stocks in general, you had a bad year, right? But did you proactively look at some of the things that you had losses in and harvest those, right? Yeah. Did you sell Did you sell and then hold the 30 days so you avoided the wash sale, right? Yeah. Um, did, if you're, if you're self-employed, have you looked at opportunities like, um, you know, the Augusta rule, yeah. right? You know, things, you know, things of that nature. Um, when, when you're talking about, when you're talking about tax strategies, ask yourself the question, is my tax advisor reactionary or proactive? That's a big, big deal. Most of the time, it's been my experience that tax advisory is done in hindsight. You talk about dead bodies. They're like historians on the battlefield. Yeah, that's exactly. They're just giving the like a typical accountant, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not confused. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and and because if they're reactionary, they're just saying, "Hey, just give me your forms, and I'll file, and maybe I'll look for a couple." Well, of deductions. Somebody overseas is filing. Right? Like, hundred percent. hundred percent. Right? They're not style. even doing it. You know. Yeah. But if they're if they're being proactive, they're talking to you about 2023, 2024, and 2025, yeah. right? And they're aligning with a firm like ours. Tax strategies, hundred tax write-offs. It's funny yeah. because. I'm on the phone with somebody yesterday, yeah. uh, recently, and um, the conversation was, this person was probably 10, maybe 15 different investment properties already, oh, really yeah. good on the real estate side, but I suspect that because the market had done so well in the previous four years, yeah. that whoever the advisor was finally got this person to invest, but naturally the person invested at the wrong time. Of course. Right, so the yeah. person put in 100 grand, it's now worth 88, right? But they also took, took a tax loss so they could carry it forward. But guess what? <laughs> They're only carrying forward the $3,000. We didn't talk about the fees uh, and we don't know anything else. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm giving them a three-year time horizon, which leads me to the next point. David, how do you monitor and measure progress? Do you wait one, two, and three years at a time? What does that look like as far as the the sit down with clients to review where you're at at a, all times? Yeah, it's a really good question. Because I, three years to me is not... You, we're not buying and holding if we're entrepreneurs. Oh, no, 150%. Absolutely. Um, I, I actually micromanage a little bit more than most do. I, I like to have a conversation with somebody about tracking six months okay. for me. You know, yeah. and, and, and the reason is because 
I think that people people make you know when they when they set things in motion, uh, the first six months of that being in motion is the most critical because I think that that's the time when people look to abandon ship. Why something? Why because they have you know either emotional scarcity, yep. right? They have a scarcity mindset with money that they just haven't convinced themselves about Got yet, it. right? You know, or they're they're still in bad habits. Got it. Right. That's and. It's hard to unlearn the emotions that you have with money. Absolutely. Right? It's, it, it, it's not something that just you snap your fingers. So the first six months of a relationship, I think, is the most critical for not, not I'm not even going to call it handholding, but monitoring and measuring yeah. what's taking place. Yeah. And then from there, I think it's every year. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. Dude, thank you for breaking that down. And for all you folks out there, if you have any questions, please write the questions below. If you have any suggested videos you want us to do, we'd love to do it. In the meantime, we also below have the Epic Financial Freedom Map, which is a step-by-step -step process of not only identifying where you are on the map, because a lot of people are in denial about that, but where you want to go, yeah. how you could get there where there's you know a highway and there's no traffic versus a back road where there's it's dirt, stop signs, yeah. and potholes. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about that, that's for free. Click that link. And last but not least, if you're looking for a free consultation, no obligation, go ahead and click that link below. Continue to like. Subscribe so every time a video comes out, the bell goes off and you can hear our next video. And thanks for checking us out. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.